Hello, and welcome to Cultivate to Thrive podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Gunn. My mission is to help women find and live their purpose, resulting in discovering who they innately are. Throughout this podcast journey, I'll help you to uncover your talents and your strengths to lead you on the path of realizing value in self, to grow in love of self, to lead to a fulfilling purpose, and to build stronger relationships. In this episode entitled Affirming You, I will talk about self-worth. What is it? Why it is often missing? And how do you find it? Now, self-worth is defined by Merriam-Webster as a feeling that you are a good person who deserves to be treated with respect. It is surprising how many women lack a true sense of self-worth. But is it really? Society teaches us that we must be well-rounded. We need to be the best or at least good or very good at a variety of things. Parents tell their kids what career path they should follow to be successful. And society dictates success. It doesn't just dictate it, it defines it. And it seldom revolves around family, values, or service. Kids are growing up stressed, pressured to fit into a certain mold. In an April 2021 article on PositivePsychology.com, the author states that people commonly measure self-worth by these five things. Appearance, net worth, who you know or your social circle, and what you do or your career, and what you achieve. So appearance is defined by the number on the scale, the size of clothing worn, or the kind of attention received by others. This is especially stressful for women who have unrealistic role models front and center on a daily basis. Social media has made this worse as everyone shows their best selves only. Really, take a look at your Facebook feed, take a look at Instagram and other social avenues that you go on. And what do you see? What are people showing you? They're not showing you when they've had a hard day or they've cried because something hasn't gone well or somebody's left them or they've had a failure or a disappointment. Usually the happy things, even when it comes to their children, it's look what my kid did. My kid is student of the month. My kid got an A. He got a medal for a sport. They're not sharing, oh, my kid missed school today or missed the bus and I ended up late for work and I spilled my coffee on the way in. So I didn't have a meeting with the stain. So it's not real life. It's making us think that there's this image that we need to live up to, this physical appearance that we need to live up to. Net worth, this can mean income, material possessions, financial assets, or all of the above. So we really admire people who have a big income, who have expensive material possessions, who have all the financial assets, you know, or all the above. We very seldom put net worth on people who are truly happy, people who are being passionate in their life and helping others. You just don't see it. 
Our other area, who you know, your social circle. Some people judge their own value and the value of others by their status and what important or influential people they know. Again, social media with follower count really intensifies this issue. It really, we can go back to school, right? We have the popular kids, we have the unpopular kids. So your self-worth is based on who you know in those situations, right? So we have our social media influencers. And if you're one, everybody wants to be you and be your friend. And if not, you're not worth the time of day. So this really, really affects your self-worth. What you do or your career, we often judge others by what they do. For example, a stockbroker is often considered more successful and valuable than a janitor or a teacher. Add in a stay-at-home mom and what value that has or doesn't have. We all have our perceptions or expectations of what is the best to be and who you want to hang out with that has that label because that's what it is, right? Society needs all of these people to run smoothly and for us all to benefit, yet we look down on people who do things that we think we're too good to do. So the last area that they talk about in this article is what you achieve. That's success in business, scores on the SATs, placement in a marathon or other athletic challenge. Again, we're told women can have it all. People are showing that. Is it even realistic? Is it realistic for a woman to go work 40 plus hours a week, come home and take care of her husband and children, the house, the pets, and they have other animals that take a lot of care, like horses or livestock or anything like that. And then she's supposed to take care of herself too and be good at it all, be successful at it all. It's a lot of stress for a woman and it really plays on her self-worth. If we're seeing these images in society of these women who are you know, earning their six figures and she has a perfect marriage with perfect children and a beautiful car and two homes, how do you measure yourself against that? It really affects your self-worth. No wonder so many women have no idea of their self-worth. We're always measuring ourselves against other people. Then, this is a new one. So, that I've heard a lot probably in the last six months that has popped up. And I did do a post on LinkedIn about it. And I think it was a little controversial. People didn't like my opinion. But it's this talk about this imposter syndrome that was introduced in 1978. I had to look it up because I had never heard of it. So imposter syndrome is loosely defined as doubting your abilities and feeling like a fraud. It disproportionately affects high achieving people who find it difficult to accept their accomplishments. Many question whether they're deserving of accolades. Now I just chuckled because even though, of course, researching to do this podcast, I've seen this before, I've read it over, but it, I, I said I didn't hear of imposter syndrome before and it disproportionately affects high achieving people. I'm probably not a high achieving person. That's why I haven't heard of it. That's why I'm laughing. Anyway, it's my humor for today. To put it simply, imposter syndrome is the experience 
of feeling like a phony. You feel as though at any moment you're going to be found out as a fraud, like you don't belong where you are and you only got there through dumb luck. For me, that just says it all. It's a feeling. I reject the idea of imposter syndrome. I reject it. It's not a medical diagnosis. I looked. Besides, when I feel like that, I was not trying to label it. I was trying to correct it. Many times you feel like you're less than or you can't do it or somebody's going to find out you don't have as much experience. Guess what? People start at the bottom. We're not all perfect. So in February of this year, 2021, Harvard Business Review ran an article entitled, Stop Telling Women They Have Imposter Syndrome. Here's some highlights with my thoughts added to it. Feeling unsure shouldn't make you an imposter. It is natural. We shouldn't be afraid of failure because failure offers opportunities to learn and grow. We need to start somewhere. At some point, those at the top or with expert skills started at the beginning. Bias and exclusion exasperate feelings of doubt. When society or the workplace are telling people, especially women, that they do not belong in a particular role or tell them they belong at the bottom, how is a woman supposed to feel? When you're told consistently that you do not belong somewhere. That is doubt because of the way a person is treated. It's not a syndrome. And by the way, I will have the link to this article in the show notes. But know that confidence does not equal competence. Okay, you hear that? Confidence does not equal competence. We often falsely equate confidence with competence and leadership. According to an organizational psychologist, Tomas Shamaro Premusic, and I probably slaughtered his name, I'm sorry, sir. He says, the truth of the matter is that pretty much anywhere in the world, men tend to think that they are much smarter than women, yet arrogance, and overconfidence are inversely related to leadership talent. Really, what could I possibly add to that? I, I know I have been in those situations. Imposter syndrome is a phenomenon, an experience that occurs in an individual. It's not a mental disorder. Imposter syndrome is not an official psychiatric diagnosis. I believe that perpetuating this just slows down the process of knowing your self-worth. Now, if you're going out intentionally trying to fool people, that's an imposter, period. There's no syndrome. If you think you might have this or, now forgive me, there are a lot of coaches that talk about this imposter syndrome. 
and they tell you how to get around it, really all you need to do is work on yourself and your self-worth. Because once you know your value, nobody can tell you otherwise. You don't need to feel like you'll be a fraud. Can you feel like you don't know it and you need to learn more? Yes. We've all been there and we'll all be there at some point. That's not imposter syndrome. That's knowing what you think you can and can't do. Now, to know your self-worth, you need to become self-aware. Know your strengths and your challenges. I recommend going back and listening to episode two of this podcast, Who You Are. I take you on a brief journey of self-discovery. This is only a beginning step, just as I said in that episode. I will always recommend the Clifton Strengths Assessment as a quick stepping stone to uncovering your innate talents and strengths. Again, it's not um, a magic assessment. It is the starting point for getting to know yourself. And like I said in episode two, Gallup does offer a lot of resources, free resources. But if you decide to go that route, a coach is definitely the way to go. At least one session to get a debriefing, which will help you understand it. Anyhow, if you're feeling less than in any area of your life, ask yourself the questions that need to be answered. Why did you feel that way? What was missing? How could you have handled that situation? Do you need additional tools or skills? And if if so, what were they or what are they? Learn from your mistakes. Reflect on failures. Remember that they are just an opportunity to learn and grow. Use the questions above that I stated earlier. Try new things. New experiences will help you grow and develop your talents and skills. You may even discover a new one. You might learn something about yourself. We are quite limited by the experiences we've had, right? We only know what we can do because we've tried or we've done it. So trying new experiences are great opportunities for learning about yourself. Know and embrace what is right about you with affirmations. Can't tell you enough. I often start there with clients who have issues with self-worth, self-value, self-confidence. Spend some time contemplating who you are. Make a list of the words or phrases that represent what is good about you. Make sure that these are things that are about you not about what you do for others or what you can do for others. What is it about you that's good? Now, obviously it's things you can apply to help others, but it shouldn't be like, if you're a caring person, your strength would be that you are a caring person and you can use different adjectives to describe that. It wouldn't be, I care for my family or I take good care of my family. Wouldn't be that. It wouldn't be, I am there for my friends. How are you there for your friends? Are you a good listener? Are you good with empathy? So think specifically 
about you. Make sure, again, that these are about you. And if this is a difficult exercise for you, start with only three words or phrases. You can ask other people for suggestions if you have a hard time coming up with it. Another exercise that I've done on social media for people who have a hard time or for a little bit of fun is you take your first name, depending on how long it is, it could be harder. And it depends on what your name is, honestly, but use the each letter in your name to come up with an adjective to describe you. And you can make it into a nice little word graphic that you can post, share, look at. If you don't do that, that's fine. But at least write down the three words or phrases that you came up with. Keep it handy. You post it where you'll see it and read it aloud every morning when you wake up and every evening before bed. Say it out loud like you believe it until you believe it. Ideally, do it in front of a mirror so you can look at yourself when you say it. I have a client that actually, she wrote on her mirror her three words. So when she, she wears makeup every day, so when she does her makeup every day, it's right there. So she sees it and she reads it out loud and then she hears it. A big clue is if you're struggling with this, you have to use the tone, the affirmational tone, right? Say it with power and meaning. Say it with love and truth. Another thing I would like you to do is put in the time to give to yourself. This will help your self-worth. Invest in yourself by developing your skills, increasing your knowledge, spending time in hobbies, and exercise. Spend time pampering yourself, gardening, meditating, whatever helps you to relax and refresh, whatever helps make you feel good about yourself. If you're struggling with affirming yourself, realizing your self-worth, or even struggling with self-awareness, please consider a coach. There are coaches with expertise in a wide variety of areas that can help you with what you need. I can definitely be of help in that area. If you feel lost, unappreciated, and undervalued, consider booking a discovery session with me so that we can see if we would be a good fit to work together to help you to live the life that you deserve. Life filled with self-worth. Thank you so much for joining me for today's episode of Cultivate to Thrive podcast. Please remember to subscribe so you don't miss an episode and go ahead and share it with someone who needs to hear today's message. I have to say, I'm sure there are plenty of women that need to hear it. Could be a friend, sister, cousin, mother, relative, coworker, but feel free to share. This podcast is brought to you by Cultivate and Thrive, coaching by Michelle. Have a blessed and purposeful week.